Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Fiery horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. faithful Indian companion Tottle, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. Old Mike Hanlon had gone west with his married daughter Carol and her husband Jim Carter. Mike missed the east almost as much as he did the old country. The west frightened him, and though Mike wanted people to think he was brave and able to take care of himself, The only one whom he could convince was his grandson, Tommy, nine years old. The high spot in Tommy's life was just before bedtime, when Mike drew on his imagination and always managed to have a story to tell. Now then, Tommy, me lad, into the bed with you. But, Gramps, you haven't told me a story tonight. Tell me one, please, Gramps. (laughs) Sure, I've already told you everything I can think of, Tommy, that I have. You mean you aren't going to tell me any story at all, then? Oh, golly. Well, now, let me think of it. It's getting to be quite a task to think of new ones to tell you. And for the life of me, I can't seem to... Say, no, I do believe I've thought of something that will please you at that. But first, into bed you go. All right. There you go. 
Now, what are you going to tell me, Gramps? Well, now, since I've told you so much about the old country, maybe you'd like to be hearing a bit of a tale about a mysterious figure of a man who roams around right here in the West. And a fine figure of a man he is, too. Oh, golly. Who is it, Gramps? Sure, as to who he is, there's no one who can rightly say. The only name he's ever known by is the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger? Oh, gosh, Gramps, I've heard of him. Oh, 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 you have, have you? And just what did you hear, I'd like to know? I just heard Dad ask the foreman if he ever heard of a man called the Lone Ranger. And the foreman said he'd heard a lot of stories about him, but he didn't believe they were true. Oh, so that's what Shotty Miller said, did he? Sure, if I had my way, that sneaky-looking Shotty Miller would be run off a of Bar X Ranch. Well, what but... about the Lone Ranger, Gramps? They... Oh, oh, yes. Well... Was when you were a wee little laddie just after we come west, you understand? Uh-huh. Then what? Twas at that time I saw the Lone Ranger. Oh, what's he like? Well, no, from what I've heard, uh, that is, from what I saw myself, you understand, the Lone Ranger's a, a tall, handsome figure of a man, astride a fine white stallion, who wears a mask? Oh, Grimms, a horse with a mask on will look funny. No, there you go, getting me all mixed up. Tis the Lone Ranger himself who wears the mask. Oh, well, why does he? Because he helps people out of trouble. And he just don't want to let outlaws and other spalpeens know who he really is. So, he don't let anybody know. Oh, and did he help you get out of trouble, Grimms? Did he? Well, um... See here now, Tommy. Tis getting late, and you'd better get right to sleep. Aw, oh, Gramps, you promised me a story. I bet you were going to tell me about how the Lone Ranger helped you get out of trouble. Now you won't tell me. He did get you out of trouble, didn't he, Gramps? Tell me, please. No. <coughs> well, uh, no, of course, Tommy. <coughs> Remember, tis forcing me you are to tell the story. Aw, oh, tell me, Gramps. Tell me what happened. Well, all right. You see, it was before Jim, your father, could afford much help here on the ranch. And he depended a lot on me. So one day, I strapped on me guns and set out to ride alone into the hills after some stay. Oh, but Gramps, I never saw you even with one gun. I didn't know you could shoot or ride much either. No, see here, me lad, if you keep interrupting, there'll be no story. <laughs> now, in this story... I could ride and shoot with the best of them. Anyhow, I set out and rode into the hills, and like I said, and being afraid of neither man nor beast, sure, I'm not the least bit worried when I see several heathen redskins riding towards me on the trail. Indians? Oh, Gramps, what did you do? Well, uh, uh, seeing that I was greatly outnumbered and all, I knew going for me guns was useless. So... I decided to use my head and act friendly with them, but it did no good. Them Henri Redskins started waving the tommyhawks, screeching and dancing but around. But you said they were on horses, Gramps. Huh? Oh, yes, yes. Well, they did the dancing after they took me to the village and had me tied up in a wigwam. And I was sure it was the end of Mike Hanlon, I can tell you. But what about the Lone Ranger? The Lone Ranger? Oh, yes, I was just coming to that. Well, there I was, thinking me end had come, when someone slit the back of the wigwam and came crawling in. Golly! In a minute, he cut me ropes. It was the mask man, the lone ranger himself. Mike, says he, we'll have to fight our way out, just the two of us. 
Lead on, says I. So with guns blazing, we fought our way through the howling mob of redskins and leaping to our horses, we got away safe and sound. Gosh, I sure bet you were scared, Gramps. Who? Me? <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, me lad. For you see, after we got away from those redskins, the lone ranger said, Mike, says he, you're a very remarkable man and a very brave one. Was a proud moment for Mike Hanlon, I can tell you. Golly, and I think the Lone Ranger must have been very brave to go into the Indian village alone like that and help you get away. Sure, and there's none braver, so they say, Tommy. He can get folks out of trouble in three shakes of a lamb's tail, so to say. Gramps, if the Lone Ranger's your friend, why doesn't he ever come to see you? Why doesn't he ever come to... Uh, <clears throat> well, no, since getting others out of trouble and catching crooks and all keeps him busy... He's not wasting his time riding here just to see the likes of me. Huh. Now you go to sleep, Tommy. I've told you a story, and that's that. It was several days later when Dan Reed, 14-year-old nephew of the Lone Ranger, was in the general store in town. He looked up with interest as Mike and his grandson, Tommy, entered. Now, Tommy, like I just said, you better forget about it. Oh, but Graves... Oh, no. Oh, oh, say, mister. Well, well, what can I do for you, son? Howdy, Mike. How do you do, Jed? Did, did you see the man who got off that big white horse at the hitch rack? Did you? Well, no, can't rightly say that I did. Fact is, I haven't even noticed the horse you mean, son. That white stallion belongs to me. To you? Oh, gee. Don't you believe me? Oh, sure, I believe you, but... Only I was hoping he belonged to the Lone Ranger, that's what. Oh, do you know the Lone Ranger? No, but, but Gramps does. They're good friends. He told me so, didn't you, Gramps? Didn't you? Now, see here, Tommy boy, why don't you just forget that tale I told you? There's no but use in... But you told me the Lone Ranger saved you from the Indians once, and that he said you were a very remarkable and brave man. No, no, Tommy, hush up. Oh, uh, here's a slip of paper with me order written down on it, Jed. I'll have it ready for you, Mike. Come back in about half an hour. Good, we'll be back then. And say, young fella, don't you go around repeating what Tommy here was saying about the Lone Ranger. You see, the folks might think that, well, that I was boasting a bit, if you get what I'm trying to say. Oh, I don't live in town, so I don't know any people here. Do you really know the Lone Ranger? Well, you see... Sure he does, don't you, Gramps? Well, in a way, that's Tell it. him what good friends you are and how he saved you and all, Gramps. You wouldn't tell me if it wasn't so, so there. Now, Tommy, this lad's not interested at oh, all. but I am, sir. Do you live in town? I'm Tommy Carter, and my dad owns the Barracks Ranch. And my gramps live with us, don't you, Gramps? That I do. Well, come along, Tommy. I have other places to go. Goodbye, me boy. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you in half an hour, Jed. <laughs> Old Mike's been telling boys stories again. <laughs> Wait till it gets around that Mike says he's a friend of the Lone Ranger and that he's supposed to be remarkable and brave. <laughs> Mike's sure going to get a lot of ribbon when that spreads through town. <laughs> he seems like a nice old man to me. Well, sure he is. But the old man's scared of his own shadow. Nothing remarkable or brave about Mike. <laughs> There's your stuff. Anything else, son? No, thanks. That's all today, sir. Here's the money. Uh, that's just right. Thanks. And come again. I'll be in again soon. Bye. Saddlebag, I guess. Steady, boy. Come on, Victor. Victor. 
A short time later, Dan arrived at the camp which he shared with the Lone Ranger and Tonto. Dan found the Lone Ranger alone in camp, and he told the masked man what he had heard at the general store. I guess old Mike Hanlon is sorry he told young Tommy Carter that he knew you. The little boy believed everything he said, and... Well, now it'll be all over town. <laughs> well, is that bad, Dan? Is there any reason why the old man shouldn't know me? Oh, no, sir, no. Uh, what I mean is people will make fun of him for saying the Lone Ranger said he was very remarkable and brave. He's sort of a small man, and well, the storekeeper says he's afraid of his own shadow. I see. Too bad Mike Hanlon told that story, then. May take away the boy's faith in him if it's proved untrue. It sure would disappoint, Tommy. He was all excited about it. I, I can understand that he would be. Of course, his grandfather meant no harm. Didn't expect it to go any further. Maybe I can... Oh, here comes Tonto from town. Blacksmith finished sooner than he expected, I guess. Oscar, oh, hold Easy, Scott, easy. How are you, Kim, Tommy? Hello, Dan. Hi, Tonto. Tai, you got here sooner than I thought you would. I just came back to camp myself. Well, me come quick to get you. What's happened? Me right trail that go along hillside. Me look down at Branch Trail and Valley. Yes, I know where you mean. Well, me see Buckboard with old man and boy. Then me hear Indians see him attacking Buckboard. Oh, golly, you mean the Indians killed him? No. But, Kimasabi, it looked like roving band of Indians. Them maybe Apaches. Them not shoot gun, them use arrows. Them scare old man and boy. Old man yell for help. Then Indians make them drive Buckboard cross plain. Golly! Must have been old Mike Hanlon and the boy I met in the store. Could be. They seem to be harmed, Tonto. No, but them plenty scared. Me count four Apache. Me think maybe them take man and boy to Indian camp. We'll do what we can to get them before they do get hurt. Then, right at the Barks Ranch, tell Mr. Carter what's happened. Have him get all the men he can. Yes, sir. Tonto and I'll trail those Apaches and try to find their village. Bring Carter and the men to the pointed rock on the trail west of here. Have them wait until they hear from us. Yes, sir. I'll go right now. Should be easy to trail them with that Come buckboard, Tonto. Here, Silver. As soon as we find the village, Tonto, you can take word to Carter at the pointed rock. Dan should have them there by then. Easy, steady, big fella. Easy, fella. Come on, Silver. Come on. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. To continue our story, the Lone Ranger and Tonto set out on the trail left by the Apaches who had captured old Mike Hanlon and his grandson Tommy Carter. 
while Dan rode hurriedly toward the Bar X ranch to tell the startling news. Meantime, a short, stocky white man stood talking to the chief in the Apache village. Now, did your braves get the old man on the board, chief? Ah, uh, braves put him in hut at edge of village. Good. There's more fire water for chief and braves than that bundle there on the ground. Uh. <laughs> when Shorty Miller gives his word, he keeps it, huh, chief? Ah, uh, you good friend to Apache. Uh, see that your braves don't get too much of that stuff so they can do a good job with what I got a plan for tonight, chief. Uh. Now, I'll ride back to the Bar X. It'll be sundown by the time I get there. I'll tell Carter his father-in-law and the boy left town some day ago. It something must have happened. Uh. I'll see that he gets some men together for a search. And I'll make sure they search in the wrong direction. That good. Me send many braves, steal them horses from ranch, while white men make search. I already told you where they can find a herd of prize horses at the Bar X. As soon as your braves get them... Break camp and head for the Pecos Valley. Ah, Apache, go tonight, take prize horses. After things quiet down, I'll meet you at your new village. I know where we can sell them horses for plenty of wampum, Chief. That's good. Now, tonight, before you break camp, turn the old man and the boy loose on foot. By the time they finally get back to the ranch, your tribe will be plenty far away. Mm. I'll be getting on to the Bar X spread. Easy there. <coughs> Adios, Chief. Uka, get up there. Later on the trail, Dan Reed rode with Jim Carter and his ranch hand toward the pointed rock where they were to await word from the Lone Ranger. Now, look here, son. Who is this friend of yours? How do we know he'll do as he says? Oh, he will, Mr. Carter. Don't worry. He went to trail the Apaches to their village, as I told you. Those Apaches harm old Mike or Tommy. Hey, look, boss. Somebody coming along the trail. Who? 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 Yeah, it looks like Shorty Miller. What in tarnation is he doing out this way, I wonder? I noticed he wasn't around when we started out. Who's he, Mr. Carter? My foreman. He should have been back. Oh, hold it. Shorty, what are you doing out this way? Where you been? Hey, you see, Jim? Oh, Mike and Tommy's been captured by Redskins. I was looking for you back at the ranch so you could ride with us. What makes you so sure they're taken by Redskins, Jim? Who told you that? This boy told us. He brought the news to the ranch. So this kid brought the news, huh? How do you know about it, kid? A friend of mine saw it happen. I went for help while he went to trail the Indians to their village. Say he's trying to trail them to the village? That's right. The boy's friend is going to send us word where the village is when we get to Pointed Rock. Oh, I see. That's pretty terrible, Jim, having the old man and Tommy taken by them Indians. You and the men go ahead to Pointed Rock. As for me, I'm going to try to find a Redskins trail on my own. If I do, I'll report back to you. All right, Shorty. Get up! Yeah. All right, let's go, boys. Get up, Come on, get up! Get up. Get up. Meanwhile, the Lone Ranger and Toto reigned to a halt near the Apache village. Now that we've found the Apache village, Toto, go tell Carter and his men at the Pointed Rock. Ah. And what you do, Kimasabi? It's almost sundown. I'll try to find out where the old man and the boy are. The Indians probably have them tied up in one of the huts. Ah. You be plenty careful, Kimasabi. Apaches be on guard. I'll be careful. It'll make things easier when you get here with the others if we know just where to find the captives. You better go now and hurry. Ah, me go. If me not see you when me get back, me use hoot owl signal. All right. Adios. Adios. Get him up, scout. (laughs) 
Meanwhile, the two captives, old Mike and Tommy, spoke in low voices as they huddled together in one of the huts and listened to the weird noises of the Apache village. Golly, Gramps, I'm scared, but I know you'll fix things somehow, won't you, Gramps? Huh? With that slinky redskin standing at the doorway there, just little hope I have. Well, great day. Look there, will you? Out through the doorway. Somebody went past on horseback. Who was it, Graves? Was it him? Was it your friend? It was the barracks foreman, Shorty Miller. Riding by nice as you please, with none of the redskins paying him any mind at all. Graves! Dad sent Shorty to get us. That must be why he's here. I'll tell the guard that somebody's come for us. Come on. You not come out. You stay in hut. The man who just rode past, he come for us. No, him go see chief. Him friend Indians. Him not come for old man and boy. You stay. Sure you don't make any sense. Shorty's come for us, and I'm going to let him know that we're ready to leave. Now get out of my way, Redskin. You stay in hut. I said out of my way. You not go. You stumble. Graves, look out. Now, give me that thing. No heathen Redskin can wave a devilish hash at my face and get away with it, says I. For this wrinkled old man die. Old and wrinkled am I? This will teach you, you Henry Redskin. No. Rams. Golly. Great day. The heathen must have had a heart attack. Or else I don't know my own strength. Come on, Tommy. We'll go find Shorty Miller and hurry. Look, Shorty's over there talking to that Indian with all the feathers. Uh, just the chief himself, looks like. Your father must have sent ransom money to get us free. Follow me and be quiet. <laughs> Mike, followed by Tommy, watched his chance. Then, moving carefully, the old man and boy reached the shadow of the chief's wigwam. Meantime, in front of the wigwam, about ten feet away, the chief and Shorty Miller stood, with their backs half turned to the wigwam, and their heads turned away as they looked toward the trail that led to town. Shorty was talking. Oh, his father's leading a lot of men in search of this village, chief. That's not good. We not got many braves. Maybe ten. Well, have a few of your braves take the old man and boy out of the camp. Uh, I'll go meet them and bring them here. Let them search the village. Make a liar out of that boy I told you about. Now get the old man and get away quick so they... Look out, Chief! You're a no-good scheming wealth of a coyote. I'll get your gun. Oh, no, you won't. Let me go. As Mike had grabbed at Shorty's gun, Shorty grabbed the old man's wrist. As the two men struggled, the gun went off, sending bullets flying wildly over the Chief's head. Oh, you're trying to kill the Chief, huh? Well, he'll tend to you for that. You, you made the gun go off. If I can get it, you'll be sorry. Uh, that big fat chief, too. I've had enough of this. I'll bust your arm. Let go. Let me up. There, I got the gun now. He's harmless, chief. Now, get up, you. Now, look at here, shot him. Old man shoot a chief of Apache. Now him die. Olita! Hey, you get away from me. Let me go. Shorty, don't let him take Graves away. Then now, wait, chief. What are you planning to do? Graves tie white man to stake. Him die by fire. No, you can't do that. Let him go. I didn't figure Chief, on it. not listen, white friend, now. Braves follow law of Apache. Old man try kill chief. Him die. Hola! Meantime, on the outskirts of the village, the Lone Ranger had heard the commotion, and watching intently, he realized the situation was out of Shorty's hands. He saw the Indians tie Mike to a stake and watched as they gathered branches, laying them at Mike's feet, ready to burn. The masked man knew quick action was needed. He led the great horse Silver to a vantage point behind the chief's hut. Then, as he patted the intelligence stallion, the Lone Ranger spoke softly. Silver, we've got to do something and do it quickly. The great horse felt the excitement in the air as he stood waiting. 
As the Indians started to put torches to the branches at Mike's feet, the Lone Ranger drew his guns, then spoke to Silver. Go, Silver. Scatter them. Get them, Silver. The intelligent horse heard the order and knew it was expected of him. Without hesitation, Silver sprang forward. As the great white apparition appeared among them, the Apaches scattered wildly. Silver's flying hoofs kicked the unlit branches right and left. Glory be, look at that! He's falling over the Indians right and left here! While the Indians, numbering about a dozen, had their attention riveted in fear on the magnificent white stallion that seemed like an avenging messenger from the gods, the Lone Ranger moved swiftly to a position behind the chief's back. The masked man spoke sharply. Order your braves to stay back or die. Tell them to move farther side in a single line. Now, you walk over there and untie that old man. Walk. The Indians, at their chief's orders, had moved far to one side and stood watching in a single line. Mike and Tommy looked on in fascination as the chief walked slowly forward until he stood near Mike. Then the Lone Ranger spoke again. All right, chief. Untie him. Uh, oh, the saints be praised. My grandson Tommy, he's right over there with Shorty Miller. You, Miller, bring that boy over here. Honest, mister, I couldn't stop him. Shorty's to blame for all this that he is. Like as not, Miller, if it hadn't been for the mask man and the white stallion. Oh, I'm beginning to think from what I've heard. Golly, Gramps. He must be your friend, the Lone Ranger who came to save you. It's just like before. You know the story. The, the Lone Ranger? Oh, great day. <laughs> you knew I wouldn't let a friend like you down, didn't you, Mike? You, you know my name, too. Could I forget it? I saw how you stood up to Miller and all these Indians a while ago, Mike. You're a very remarkable and brave man. Oh, golly, that's what he said before, Gramps. The other time, remember? No, Tommy, I don't... Uh... Don't move, Chief. I still have my gun on you. Now we'll have plenty of help. Why did you make that sound, mister? Oh, look! Rams! Look! Great day! It's your father of the ranch house! Mike and Tommy boy, thank heaven you're safe. We'll fix these redskins now so they'll never... Hold on, Carter, hold on. Mask man. That white stallion. Mike... This must be that hombre you told that story about. And you really do know him. I'm glad to count Mike as a friend. Well, I'll be doggone. Mike, you can tell Carter about Shorty Miller. But for these Indians, we'll turn them over to the troopers to be sent to a reservation. No, Shorty, him make trouble for Apaches. Him make plan that not good. Him sell fire water not good. You fix Shorty. Apaches go in peace. Turn Miller over to the sheriff, Carter. Right. Then have your men take these Indians. There aren't many to the fort. All Easy, right. big fellow. Where's Dan, Toto? Right. We tell Dan. Wait at edge of Indian camp. All right, we'll join him there. Adios, Mike. Goodbye, sir. And thanks for everything. See you again sometime. Montsilla! Montsilla! Golly, it happened almost like the story Gramps told me, Dad. He does know the masked man. And he said Mike was remarkable and brave. Just like he said before, didn't he, Gramps? Well, what he said, all right, Tommy. But I've told my last story. Seeing and hearing is believing. But it's hard for myself to believe that I was called a friend by the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created and produced by George W. Trendle, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. <laughs> <laughs>